0: oh okay Stephen. we went live and we didn't decide who was going to do the intro so
1: well, well i why don't you do it i think you, i did it last week because you weren't hmm. even here i got to let's do
0: talk it. about it for five minutes and then do no i'm just kidding <laughs> so hello and welcome everyone my name is andrew kraus i'm one of the co-founders here in event right mr stephen key i guess he's this way this way um is one of our other co-founders we co-founded event right 23 years ago we've had students in over 65 countries what do we teach our members to do we teach them to license a product what's great about licensing you don't need to start a business you don't need employees and you don't need any distribution you get all that from the big company you license to okay you get all that there's nothing better than that you get the money you don't need the money well you get the employees and you get the distribution oh geez they're in walmart they're in home depot they're here and there they sell this type of product half a million units fifty thousand units 2 million units whatever's appropriate and you're tapping into that monster. And when you license to that, I, you're not gonna stop me here, Steven. When you when you license to that monster, Try. this is a beautiful monster. Yeah, you're not gonna stop me. Um, you are them. So you can you can have delusions of grandeur. You can think big because when you license to them, you are them. Your product is just another product in their 500, 2000 products, what have you. And they are an animal and they are logistics you know they know how to move stuff but you know what they don't have they don't have your creativity some companies do yeah okay some companies well, do but a lot of companies don't
1: why not why don't they have our creativity
0: i i don't want to stereotype because it's not every company stephen but working in corporate america stifles creativity you know, uh, there's, there's, you got managers, people always saying you can't do this and you can't do that. And you're worried about people are thinking, you guys don't care. You're like, you're just creative. You've got nobody telling you what you can or can't do and you got a good <laughs> idea. You just get it out there.
1: Yeah. You know, I want to talk about that for just a minute. First of all, is everybody listening? Do we know if they're listening? Andrew? Well,
0: just one guy said the sound isn't coming, but, um, if anybody could type in, if you can't hear Stephen or myself, great. I think that's just Mohammed. If you guys could type in, um, if you can hear us, just say yes. He, he's on Facebook, I think we're good. Go ahead, Steven.
1: Yeah, I wanna, I wanna talk about that for just a minute. So people truly understand the power we have versus those in-house people creating ideas for those companies. Because I saw this firsthand two times and it made such a big lasting impression I remember the first time that I got invited to visit this company that I was submitting ideas to. The name of the company was Applause and they were, they were really, I was really surprised because I submitted one idea and I kept on submitting ideas to them and they were taking my ideas and they were just so happy to be working with me and I couldn't understand it. So they invited me down to meet their designers. So I get no, there. Well,
0: why, why couldn't you understand it? Was this earlier in your career? And you, you couldn't believe they were listening to you and looking at your ideas? Is that
1: it was too easy, Okay. All right. It was too damn easy. So so sure enough, I get there. It's a, applause. They were done in Los Angeles. And God, I, I just I even remember the street. I remember pulling up to the street because it was like my big moment that a company has invited me and in them So I get there, Andrew, and all their designers were in this big room, and they were all in cubicles.
0: Hmm. Oh, that, that's, that stimulates creativity. Cubicles, fun. Right.
1: <laughs> and I could see on their board some of their sketches, hmm. and it was nice, nice, neat, and tidy. Hmm. And I, I, I looked at that and thought, wow, that doesn't look anything like my room. <laughs> you know, that doesn't look like my creative space. Because my creative space was crazy. I had stuff everywhere, paper flying. I mean, it was my little area to do what I wanted to do. It's my creative space. Their creative space was not creative. It was everything but being that. So that's when it dawned on me. And I looked in their eyes because I walked by and I was like this alien to them. They, they had this look in their eyes like, who's that guy? Who's that guy? And I realized right away, what's going on here? That's when it dawned on me that those people in that room, that this was just a job. Mm. That they were watching that clock for lunch to get there, to leave at five o'clock. They, they weren't like, wasn't like me. I was excited. I was there. I was like, this is, I'm so happy. I, and, and they were just like, they weren't happy at all. So, and the second time, I got to experience this. I was at Disney and I'm sitting there. They looked at one of my technologies and I'm going to show you in just a minute. And they loved it. And they brought their top three designers in. the product manager did they had The vice president, the product manager, their three designers. I'm sitting here with a freelance designer and I'm showing my technology and they're going to pick who's going to create and work on this stuff. And I'm so happy. I'm happy because I'm thinking, I've got, they're going to pick one of these Disney great designers to work on my stuff. And the product manager, after we discuss it, she looks at all the three designers, and they're sitting across. It. I can see their eyes, the three guys. And I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, hmm, she, which one is she going to pick? Which one is she going to pick? I'm really happy. And she looks over at me and she goes, I'm going to pick you and the freelance guy that doesn't work at Disney. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I want one of your designers. Why are you picking me? Because she saw in us that same enthusiasm. Hmm. She saw in us that we were really on board, we really wanted to do something and you you and
0: a a contractor for Disney, not the Disney employees, the designers. Yeah,
1: and the product right here, you can see it was called and, and you see it right here, you turn it around and and it's got this little
0: that's cool, it's like it's like a little dancing. what do you call that? What do you call that technology? Here,
1: here's the here's the product so and they so I realized right away you're Disney, you got the best of the best, and you didn't pick them hmm. so I'm just here I'm, I'm here to tell everybody look like, that's who you're going up against you're going up with people that aren't excited about it, so you have the advantage are people listen, I don't see any comments. Harry- there.
0: No, everybody, oh, I see tons of comments. Okay. Uh, uh, Harry said, Steven, you went to Disney world or Disneyland? You went to Disney corporate, right? Where yeah. was
1: that? Where was that located? Well, the, the first time I went to Disney corporate was in Burbank. And, and I went there because I was at worlds of wonder and we were making the first talking Mickey mouse and the engineers and myself built this big prototype of Mickey mouse. Talking. And my job was to take that prototype and go down to Disney and get those designers to sign off on it that it looked okay. And that was in Burbank. That was the old studios. I remember that street. You know, and you know, you know what's really crazy about this? I remember that tree-lined street turning into the parking lot today. And that that was really thirty years ago. 30 wow, years that
0: was a, that was a really big moment in your life, wasn't it?
1: was one of the biggest yeah it's funny how i I hadn't thought about that moment of of going through that gate because they had a guy at the you know a guy in the parking lot you had to get approval they have your name getting in there i remember it like it was yesterday because those are big moments when you're when you're 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 doing this um this the second time disney has moved now to this big beautiful building corporate because that's old burbank disney this is now new disney and sitting there but we're talking disney corporate i have to tell you guys regardless of where it was, I love that whole company. And I've been doing Disney products forever, my whole career, yeah. So, okay. I wanna, um, Andrew, do you have any questions in there? Can you, can you oh,
0: see, you said you couldn't see the questions. Could yeah, you see the Yeah, I to go on a question?
1: rant in a minute here, but before- All right. I, you wanna
0: ask a question, answer a question or two yeah, first? Yeah, why not, before he- All right, of, cool. well, everybody was confirming they could hear us, so I think we're good there. Let's do this first one. Um, and we got something like this just the other day. Tryman, hi, Steven and Andrew, I have lots of toys and game ideas and can't possibly file a PPA, which is $60 guys, provisional patent application. Uh, for each one of them, I send out uh, I first to companies with their permission and we'll just file a PPA when companies get back to me and positively, and I feel like I, I need to. All right, so, um, you know, the, the official party line that we tout at InventRight Triman that we we say publicly to our the public and we also say to our students is you should always file a provisional patent application. It's only sixty dollars. We give our members some software to do that. It's only sixty dollars, and that gives you a year to say patent pending and see if there's interest. Quite often you're going to want to make a change to the product. So if you go out and spend twelve thousand dollars on a patent, you need to make a change. You're going to spend another twelve. That's not a very smart move. Now, that's not what Triman's talking about. Triman's like, I'm so prolific. Okay, I love that. I'm sending a lot of toy ideas. I'm just sending like five here and six there, and I have kind of relationships with these companies. I don't want to file a PPA every time I show them something. So, we're not providing legal advice. If you need legal advice, please consult an attorney. That's our disclaimer. We do have students in not really that much in other categories, right, Stephen, but in toys. Some toy inventors can be very prolific. They make a relationship with a company. They trust the company. And I'm not telling you you should do this, but, and you'll send a bunch of ideas and you have a trust relationship. they are not gonna, they're not gonna get more ideas from inventors if they start ripping off inventors. And they, and in some of our members and inventors will then later file a provisional. Generally, I don't advise to do that. I'm not advising you to do it, but um, that's just a risk you can take. And I think, especially in the toy business, I really don't think it'd bite you in the butt. Stephen, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, this, this gentleman's asked this question here. He's asking it on, on the YouTube, YouTube. YouTube. Yeah. And there's another person that's been asking us on the YouTube channel the same question. Was it
0: man that asked the question? Or was it somebody else that asked the same question? I'm not sure. A few. There's two. There's yeah. Two. yeah.
1: There's they of- they want to make sure. Well, this one gentleman got a little irritated with my answer, which I kind of thought was kind of funny. Because they have a lot of ideas and they don't want to file a provisional patent application on 60 ideas, it's a lot of money. So I told them, well, you shouldn't do it then, you should get out, you're not capable. That's a very low barrier of entry, and if you can't do that, don't do it. Well, they didn't like that answer at all. Okay. So you mean, what, what do you say? You're basically like if
0: you can't afford $60 for a provisional pad and you're you should just give up now, you should stop. I, I would agree.
1: Okay, so but that's not the question. That's not the answer I'd want to hear either.
0: Yeah, I understand. But you're being uh, honest.
1: Well, I am. But but this is what you can do. This gentleman that's asking this question now, he's just starting out, Andrew, and he's having a little difficult time even getting in the companies um they want him to go through the portal right so Hmm. he's he's at the beginning of this and and i and i want to tell him this and i'm going to be you know i'm going to tell you i love i heard this i'm going to tell you what you need to hear not what you want to hear that's that's what we've always done isn't it pretty much Yeah, yeah people say to me all the time steve I filed a PPA. I made a sell sheet. I don't need any help. I don't need any coaching, any mentoring, I don't need any help. I'm, I'm too far along in the process. And I'm here to tell you, you have just started. (laughs) Right? Those are like the those are like the two little things you can do. Mm -hmm. Those are just little tasks and and you're not too far along in fact you're you're just at the very beginning of it but people part- uh, we get steven this
0: is the so far along what is it four words but um i'm so i'm basically people say this to us all the time I'm 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 really far along i'm really you know and and when you ask them what they've done they've done one of two things or both things is file a patent and make a prototype and and and, and again this isn't what people want to hear I'm sorry, that's not really far along. It's but, not
1: far along at all.
0: No, but 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 you know I understand why they feel it's far along because they've been doing that literally for 2 or 3 years on that same product and they're proud of what they did and you got to recognize that they got that stuff done.
1: Yeah, it's just a task. Yeah. Well, it is. They did two tasks.
0: Well, and and sometimes those tasks filing a patent all they did is throw some money at a patent attorney to pay for their kids college education it wasn't really work and then the provision the the filing a i mean sorry uh, making a prototype that that could be work but you can also throw money at people for that too and they they feel i think a lot of people feel a false sense of accomplishment by throwing money at their invention and they feel like they accomplished something well Um, and i think getting back to his
1: question is yeah he's at the very beginning of this Mm -hmm. And he's asking questions. He's having some difficulty. And when I'm here to tell you, like I said, I'm going to tell you what, what you need to hear, not really what you want to hear. You're just at the very beginning, you're going to need help. And you're not going to be able to get all this help from a video or Q&A or reading an article or a book, you're going to need someone or take a class in it or, or find a mentor or find a coach or something. But, but the way you're asked going about it by asking questions there's 50 other questions you haven't even asked yet. You don't even know what to ask. Yeah. So if you're really serious about this, you, you we want you to be educated. We want you to ask questions. We want you to do some of these tasks, but you're not further along. You're just beginning. Here's the other thing too. There's certain layers to this. When you're just starting out, you're, you're submitting to a lot of companies. You don't have relationships with any of them and you've got a lot of ideas, and those are potential licensees, right? And, and you have a lot of questions, all right? And so you're just throwing ideas up against the wall. You're at the very beginning, all right? The next level is those potential licensees now are called clients. You don't have 100 ideas, you're pitching a small number of ideas. Because now you have a relationship and you know those companies know you and they're giving you a target to hit. Mm. Okay. That's the that's the second level up. That's the, cool.
0: that's not that's not where people are brand new. They're not there. That's after they've been working on products for a while, submitted their first product, made some sort of relationship just by the company literally saying, Yes, I'll look at it. And and but You're, most inventors aren't looking at it that way, Stephen. They're so focused on their first invention, they're uh, not realizing they're blazing a path and making relationships just merely by sending their first product
1: yeah that that first segment that we're talking about you could be in that for years before you get to that second level sure okay now the third level is if you stay with it long enough
0: oh i want to know what the third level is what's the third level level?
1: you've got relationships they're telling you they don't care about patents you've got a relationship like andrew said they they know you you know them they're right. stressed um you've met with them you've gone to trade shows you've you've met with them they know who you are you have meetings with them and some sometimes and some of the people at the third level they come to you
0: yeah yeah, yeah. we've had students where they, they hey we're looking for this we're looking they for that to,
1: and and they're yeah. they're reaching out to you they're coming to you they're you're in their world you're 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 at that level where you're in their world and they're asking you for ideas and then and then, and then the guys at the very top, they make okay. it so easy for companies to say yes. They've done mm-hmm. the, the prototyping, maybe the packaging, maybe the bill of materials. They've done the logos. They made it so easy. So when a product manager gets this thing, they're like, we love you. You made my life so easy, right? Because I've got a hundred ideas. Now imagine a product manager seeing an idea. Here's an idea that's a sketch on a napkin. Okay, here's an idea that's fully thought out. Mm-hmm. They're going to take the one that's fully thought out. Like I hate to hit you guys. So when you're very at the very beginning, by filing a PPA or making a sell sheet, you're just starting. So anyway, we'll move on from that. You guys we will talk more about that because I think people are realizing just because I've done a couple stuff. I'm further along. No, you're not further along. You've just be, you've just begun. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, 99% of our students, 99.5% of our students, they they're not doing packaging for a product. It's the product is not fully thought out and they have and they're able to license the product. But I, I really like that you're emphasizing like level three is you've created relationships and you're paying really close attention to what they're looking for, and that inventors can do that. They can, but you really got to have a read on it. The problem sometimes when people are at level one, Stephen, a lot of inventors think they need all that and then they hurt themselves because they're making incorrect assumptions. But that's not what you're saying. You're saying if you're at level three, like you're already a pro, you've been submitting ideas for a long time and you know which companies you need to show more to for them to say yes to. So I don't think you're advising people on their very first project to have like packaging and all that. Well, there's stuff no way no,
1: no, no because there's no way you're you're at the very beginning level. You're not doing that yet. You're But, you're, but it
0: won't really hurt you. It it's just it's just something you can arise to with certain companies and in certain industries.
1: The, the more experience you've gotten, the the chances of your success are just going to increase. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're competing with a lot of people with good ideas too. Right. Mm-hmm. And and if you're still asking basic questions, yeah, you, you know, you're 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 you're, you know, you're just starting out. So but you have to realize that um, there is a process like any other profession. You learn this, you learn this, you learn this. I mean, there's there's things like you're an intern and you become a journeyman. I mean, there's certain things to do. This is this is pretty much the same way. So I hear this all the time. But anyway, what's
0: the what's the first thing to do? I mean, what what are the basics? You know, you, you do your research, you look at all the products, the micro category of your invention. If it's a kitchen cutting board or a car air freshener, make a good sell sheet, have your list of companies, reach out, show them the sell sheet. We always say you're not selling a prototype or a patent. You're selling the benefit of your product. That's how people can get started. And that's when they're in the game. And that's way more than just a patent and a prototype because you're actually reaching out to companies, right? Um, but- but what, let me tell you what happens
1: a lot too. They, they build a sell sheet and, and it's probably not as good as they it could be much, much better. I can tell you right now, if you're doing it yourself and you're not having someone that's very seasoned, I yeah. can tell you it's not going to be very good. Yeah. Um, number two, I can also tell you your one line benefit statement, your value proposition, that probably needs to be fixed. I can guarantee mm-hmm. you that. I mean, that's really difficult to be very good at. That takes a lot of time. I can also guarantee that that provisional patent application you filed is probably pretty weak, right? Guarantee that too. And your list of companies that you're targeting, I'm going to guess that probably 90% are the wrong companies. Yeah. Yeah. So, so right away you're going to hit these roadblocks Mm -hmm. and then you come back and go, you know, I'm reaching out to companies, but they're not responding.
0: Yeah. And guys, we, we know this because we've been doing this for 23 years and we, we talk to people that aren't our students. And somebody thinks it's a great sell sheet. We look at it, and we're like, this is horrendous. Like you're never getting it. they're like, oh, I got a list of 30 companies. Like, you better not send this because you're just wasting your time if you do. And in so many areas, so I, I, I think that, and we've said this before, Stephen, I think sometimes we make people dangerous because we 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 really encourage people on our YouTube show and everywhere to to get out there and do it. And I still want people to do it. But when somebody's not reviewing it quite often, like you said, the companies are off, the provisional patent is off, the sell sheet is off. It's, it's, it's like, if, if, if just one of those things is off, maybe not the PPA, but you're kind of, you're kind of wasting your time.
1: You know, Andrew, when I first started out, I started out in the novelty gift industry and the the barrier of entry was really low. Mm -hmm. It could be a sketch of a napkin. They don't need a prototype. Right? I mean, it was so easy to do, but but some industries require different things. And if you don't know what the requirements are, you're gonna be a little frustrated. But anyway, let's get to Cody's All question right. here. Sure.
0: I have a cannabis pro- uh, industry accessory product, and I know it's a newer industry for licensing. Should I expect to need to explain more about expectations of these companies about licensing? Thanks guys. So um, Steven, you went to um, the One Cannabis Show in Las Vegas and uh you were surprised at how <laughs> yeah well a lot of people are just it's just edibles these days too right um you were surprised how big it was and the energy and the money and uh it's just it's crazy it was happy too andrew everybody's really, <laughs>
1: they're oh, really? So proud it was the happiest trade show i've ever been to <laughs> half of them were high <laughs> uh, i went to the largest canvas show, I guess they have. And I was dumbfounded by it. And I've been told, even during COVID or after COVID, they're still packed, where some trade shows are having a difficult time. Um, The industry is amazing. You guys, I have to say, it's exploding. Now, good and bad, let's talk about the bad things. It's so exploding, that they're not really looking for that much innovation. Hell, they can barely do what they're doing now. There's so much business. It's just business everywhere. It's just big business. So, but as it's maturing a little bit, um, those companies are looking for innovation, right? So, but ideally what company isn't looking for a great idea, big picture wise? Yeah. Okay, they all are, all right. So you're going to find big guys, small guys, some guys, middle sized guys, and don't count anybody out. A small guy there might be a big guy a year later. Don't mm-hmm. count anybody out on this one. You guys, this is this is a really interesting industry. It's it's not federal yet. Right. right. Meaning, some things you can ship, you know, uh, if it doesn't have THC, I think you can ship that or or some of the tools and paraphernalia mm-hmm. you can. But the cannabis itself is not federal. So there's some things about it um, that are kind of interesting. Even the trademarks, the trade, I guess the trademarks, are the- something about the trademarks aren't federal either, but my point is this. Oh, that's, that's,
0: inter- that's interesting. I, yeah, we, we've talked about that before. I forgot all about that. That's interesting. Well,
1: I don't know exactly. Maybe they are, but since you can't ship it, I mean. There's issues if you get, if
0: you get a trademark and because it's, yeah, it's not, yeah, I get it. There's
1: just issues with this whole industry, but I think it's exciting. I think it's going to grow. I think it's going to be here forever. I think, I think we're looking at an industry that's really small. That's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And if you're, if you are in that world, I think it's a great world to be in. I think it's going to be an exciting world to be in. So, um, will you have to explain licensing? This is what he's asking. Correct. And Andrew and I know this over the years. When we first were teaching this, there was a lot of explaining to companies what product licensing was. Mm-hmm. Now some with so
0: indus- some and not others, right? like
1: some industries have been doing it for years; they knew exactly what it was,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: some companies didn't know what the heck it was.
0: Okay, so, so, can you over. explain what? Do you want a partner? Do you want what? What? And you got to explain it to them.
1: That's okay. I, That's okay. It it was okay and. And, you know, I was doing it back in the day where most companies never even heard of it, although it's been around for quite a few years anyway, I had to explain to them. And right. once they got it, they got it, but it took it you had to go a little bit slower. It took a little bit more education. All right. Mm-hmm. I want to go into a rant real quick. Oh, before- we've
0: we And so just to let you guys know, I mean, we've been helping our members with cannabis related products for a long time before it was medical where it was just medical marijuana in different states and people had a product for growing or for this or for that or some sort of paraphernalia and now it's it's legal in a lot of states but stephen's right it's not legal federally so it is it's a weird industry one thing that i've been hearing a lot about is there are some very large corporations swallowing up the small guys i I always hate to see that stephen but that is going on um, but it's still the Wild West. There's still a lot of opportunity hey, there. Yeah.
1: If you get swallowed up, that's not such a bad thing. Um, no, no, not so much. It, I want to go into a rant real quick before we get to the next question. Okay, good. You're good. Okay, here goes, you guys. Here goes. I want to talk about Shark Tank for just a minute. Okay. Right? Because two things happened. Um, I think Shark Tank's been around for over a decade. I think we all kind of watch it. I think we're all kind of interested in it. I loved it because it opened the door for people to understand. Hey, this is how you become an entrepreneur. This is about product licensing. I think it did a lot of education. But that being said, you have to realize a couple things here. Andrew and I have always said to everybody, Shark Tank is a TV show. And TV shows, what do they sell? They sell advertisement. Okay. So there's pluses and minus for Shark Tank. Now, the reason why I'm going on this rant here is, is because I, I talk to a lot of inventors. They think everything, their whole world is going to change if they're on Shark Tank. And yes, it will. It will change. But you have to realize it's not that magic pill or whatever you're looking at or that person. Shark Tank isn't that one thing that's going to make your life, it's going to change overnight. Because the reality is there's never just one thing, okay? But here are the, here are the numbers. Right. And that's why I think this is really interesting too, because there's one shark which I never really liked this guy, Andrew, but I love him now. Okay. And the one guy I never really liked was Mark Cuban. Mm. But Mark Cuban did some really great things. Number one, it used to be if you went on Shark Tank, regardless if you got a deal or not, they took 5% of your business, royalties of your business. Mark Mm. Cuban came in and changed all that. Okay. So that's not fair.
0: He was time. the one responsible for making that change.
1: for that change. Yeah, that's yeah. what I've been told or red, or whatever. But the biggest thing Mark said recently, he says, look, I've taken 30 million dollars from X amount of entrepreneurs that came on Shark Tank. I have not made a dime.
0: So he's put in 30 million dollars and he hasn't made. Well, he made a dime. He just hasn't made more than he's spent. Is that he's,
1: he hasn't made any money up to 30 million.
0: Zero. Well, it, of course, he's going to sell some units. He's made some money.
1: Hasn't made any money. Hasn't been profitable. Hasn't been profitable. Got it. Okay. okay. So, well, two things. God, well, that's pretty honest. I like that. Well, I do too. I like that about
0: him. I like it when people. I was are blown away.
1: Forward. I was blown away when he said it. I was yeah. like, How did he say that without the Shark Tank people just going? Bizarre? Yeah,
0: you think they signed the contract? You signed a contract where he can't say stuff like that I... because the a lot of people don't know this, Stephen, but you do. <laughs> Um, when you go on that show, they kind of own your butt, you know? I mean, like you, you say the wrong thing. They can sue you. Well, they, you know, they, it's you a show. You can't speak freely after
1: you've been on that show. Well, they, they, you signed a very well, I'll get to that in a minute. I'll get to that in a minute. So, so he comes out and says it, and I was like, holy cow. He actually said it. it's a TV show. He actually said, I'm spending the $30 million to build my brand. My brand. Right. Yeah, but and because I'm on TV with five million people watching each week, it's worth that. It is worth that. I mean, hours or thirty minute show, hour show, whatever it is, that's incredible. Okay, it can only be
0: so famous for owning the what the Mavericks or whatever. You know, I mean, that only gets him so much fame. But being on TV all the time, wow, that's building his brand, right? Builds his brand. Okay, so
1: but here's the other thing: Forbes did a very in depth. they called it the secretive world of shark tank deals. Mm. Wow. And and this, they really did a great job. And the thing that was really fascinating about it, they first of all, anybody that spoke to them spoke to them off the record, basically, because they signed that NDA. Mm-hmm. That NDA says if you say anything, ooh, they're gonna get you. So it's very, it's a very difficult NDA. And they're protecting their brand. I understand it. So Forbes goes ahead and interviews 300 people that were on Shark Tank, which is a pretty good cross section. And and the 300 people. And this is what this is what this is what happened. They said, look, all the deals that happen on Shark Tank, half of those fall apart. Just half.
0: And I think people watch and go, oh, they did a deal. That's done.
1: Half half just fall apart. Well, they
0: they 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 have the right. The sharks have the right to review. And, they and decide, you know no, I don't want to move forward, but people yeah. watching this show think, they... "Oh, that's done, it's not."
1: No, no. And they don't go back to say the deal didn't happen either, but they know Okay, out of that half, fifteen percent gets renegotiated. hmm. Now that makes sense because you don't know, I mean, once you start to do a little bit of homework on it, you realize, hey, that person said something that's not really real or I don't want the deal or hey, that's not as good as I thought it was. You said you had this, but you really didn't. So I'm gonna renegotiate that. So 15% of the deals that do happen get renegotiated lower, lower.
0: That, that's of the half that even actually go through that they said they did.
1: Yeah. They also said that most people didn't, didn't get their money until a year later
0: year how do you launch a product without the money that's what people are going on there for
1: people were frustrated because they get on tv everybody sees it they're ready to wrap up and there's no funds behind it
0: and then people have forgotten
1: about it a year it later it hurts people they can't ship yeah. it now it hurts their brand they talk yeah. to but here's mm-hmm. the kicker here here's the thing that really got to me and this makes perfect sense these sharks have other businesses they're building their brand you're not going to probably work with a shark yeah you're gonna work with part of their team maybe
0: you mean they're not talking to damon john every day
1: I, I, really I, I don't think so think so. <laughs> so you guys the reason why i bring this up i thought it was fascinated fascinating that you just understand the reality of it but i have to say this too point four, four, 4. two million people watching you every friday night I don't care if you got a deal or not, that's amazing. (laughs) Right. I mean, or or how amazing
0: is it though? If you look like a fool, which some people end up looking like a fool.
1: Well, I I know, and I know, and I, and I know someone that did, um, on one of the shows that they didn't know their numbers, right. Mm -hmm. They didn't, they, you know, it didn't come off very well. All
0: right, but so what, so what, regardless? Okay, so so now I'm gonna make the case. So that's okay, so you, you shared just some of the downsides of going on Shark Tank. The biggest being you're starting a completely new company. When you try to go to retailers and sell this new product, it's not the same as licensing. When you license to a giant company that's in Walmart and Home Depot and Lowe's and Target, you know, they already have a bunch of products in those stores they know the buyer when you come in there i don't care you say you were on shark tank a year ago you come in there you're like well i was on shark tank they're like well what are their products we got this one product they're like what like i'd rather buy from this guy over here that's got we got 15 products in our store and i know they're reliable and they're not in and out and it's you know everybody's forgotten about that stupid show so you know when you license you get the money you don't need to go on shark tank to get the money and you get the workforce and you get the existing distribution they need to still create the distribution don't think because you were on shark tank that you've created this massive distribution
1: but but I think what's really attract you're right about all those things right you're also you're also right there's advantages too well there's, there's there's just a reality to it I think it's really interesting to be on shark tank to have relationships with these sharks and the branding and all that kind of great stuff trust me it, it's, there's value in that. There's no doubt about it. 10 years, TV show, there's value. And and those guys, those sharks, if you drop a name, trust me, you can get to anybody, probably, pretty much. But at the end of the day, you still have to supply it. You still have to have a good product. You still have to finance it. You still have to, you have to do all this type of work. And and that does get a little difficult for, for most people. But, but anyway, um I just wanted to talk about that for a minute because I hear these things about Shark Tank. I want to go. You guys, I, 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 I don't think it's. I, I think you just have to be aware of the pluses and minuses. Well,
0: the, the biggest difference with Shark Tank, you're starting a business. You're selling a product with licensing. You don't need to start a business. You're just doing a licensing deal, and they're doing all the work. That is a massive difference. So, mm-hmm. but, but this is the subconscious thing. People think. All they need is the money. I'll go on Shark Tank and get the money, but they're not thinking about the work. They're not thinking about quitting yeah. their job and working on this, this product for two, three, four, five years, and a lot of businesses fail. You're not taking any of those risks when you're licensing.
1: The other thing, and we'll go on to some of the questions. Yeah. The last thing about this article, they called it loan sharks. You guys- okay,
0: that, Well, that's, that's, that's even harsher than I think we would be.
1: That's, well, it, it kind of- you know i i don't know what to make of that i do know this the, the, everybody's you know they want to make sure there's good deals and i think down deep all those sharks out there i think deep down they're all entrepreneurs of course and they all want to support us right and and it is a tv show and they're going to show some drama and being tough and all that kind of stuff but but big picture wise i like that they're highlighting being an entrepreneur i do love that okay anyway
0: we'll go on thanks guys i i i want to highlight triman's um comment here because we've had students in over 65 countries we have fans all over the world what i love about licensing is the great equalizer you can have very very little money and you can still do a licensing deal so triman says i'm in the philippines so 60 dollars, which for a provisional patent is really hurts when you're earning less than ten thousand dollars annually thank you for the information so um, Tryman, I mean, I'm not, giving, I'm not giving legal advice here, but if you wanted to, and you cannot legally put patent pending on a sell sheet if you haven't filed a provisional. If you file the provisional, you can. You could work on licensing your products. You make a sell sheet, you could do it yourself. You could pay somebody in the Philippines, probably five bucks to do some graphic design, do a sell sheet for you. Okay, you can do this. Are you taking a little bit more risk by not filing a PPA? Yes. Can you still do it? Absolutely, you can. And you should, because you can do this with very little money. Now you can't do it with no money, but you can do it with very little money. So I encourage you still to work on your projects, man. We are behind you. I understand if you're earning 10K a year, it's, it's a lot of 60 bucks, a lot of money for you. I, I hear you.
1: Okay. Here's the reality too. If you find the companies that have embraced open innovation, looking for ideas, find the companies that have a track record working with us. Find the companies that treat their customers well because they have great reviews. I would be very, me personally, not giving legal advice. Once again, I would be very comfortable of not filing one and submitting that idea to that company. And if they're interested, ask them how would they like to go forward and maybe they'll pay for it. That's what I would do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is our main approach. Our students take, they file a provisional, they see if they get interest from a company and we guide them or negotiation coach guides them to get the company, to give them the money to pay for the full utility patent. So now you're just risking $60 and you you could do that. If you're in the Philippines and $60 is too much, you could still do that. Or you could file the provisional. Oh, I got some traction on this and now I can file it. Is there a risk to that? Yes. Not legal advice. Just, you know,
1: you know what they could do is learn how to write one and mm-hmm. have it all ready to go
0: right yes yeah i've given that advice many times to have it all ready to go yeah, yeah
1: show it to a company get the read get the feedback get a yes or no out of it and if you get a yes, yes then spend the 60 grand see the thing i don't like though Andrew, 60
0: 60 60, 60, $60 grand
1: yeah. $60. <laughs> oh, that's expensive <laughs> the, the thing that drives me crazy is that when oh i've got 100 ideas and i don't want to spend 60 dollars on 100 ideas no 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 Pick your best.
0: Well, e- when you're new to this, you're not working on a hundred ideas. We have students that are very prolific and they under- they work on one, they get their bearings, and then maybe they have two in their pipeline, three, four, five, even 10, 12, 15, with some of our, our experienced members. But that doesn't happen overnight, guys. So this isn't, you're coming up with a problem that's not a problem. You're not gonna work on a hundred ideas. You gotta work on the process. Like, imagine this, Stephen. Like most of our students, like they're going to have twenty or thirty companies, and they're going to reach out to three or four people in each company. So let's say it's thirty companies, four people in each company. That's reaching out to one hundred and twenty people. If you multiply that by, I'm going to work on a hundred projects, you're, you're you're delusional. That's that's too. I mean, you could start a company and have many employees to do that many products, but
1: that's, no, they they need to evaluate and find the best ones and don't worry about the other ones. But Andrew, this question is really great here because this person has a company interested in the product. Now what, how do I move the process forward? Okay. All right. Once again, I'm going to tell you not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. If you have not done this before, you need someone to help you. Because I could answer that question right right now for you. And there's 10 other questions you don't even know to ask me yet. All right. I'll give Mm -hmm. you an example. Give me a quick example. Yes. You have to move it along. You have to manage it. You also have to know the five questions they're going to ask you because there's really five questions, right? And they vary a little bit, but there's really five questions. And if you don't have the right answers to those five questions, which you don't even know to ask yet, there's a good chance you're going to look at it and go, no, uh, time is not right? Or, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're not really interested or they'll say something and you don't know how to read between the lines. Yeah. You don't know what they're really saying. Right. Okay. So, so what I'm saying is that how do I handle moving forward? You guys, you're, you're playing in a, a game that you've never played before. And you're playing in a game that the, the people that you're playing with have played a hundred times. Why would you put yourself in that position without having help? I, I, I okay, here, here's another thing I'm gonna say. Um, there's someone that I know, very, very dearly, he's a very good friend, um, took our course even Andrew. Mm hmm. Right. And we have step number seven. Mm-hmm. Step number seven is negotiations. Okay. And we tell exactly what people need to do. You have someone behind you that helps you step by step, by step, by step, make sure you answer everything right, get the deal, and, and at the end of the deal, we work behind the scenes to make sure everything is fair and balanced, you're ready to sign it, then we have a licensing attorney come in to save you some money, effort to make sure everything's right. This person is extremely knowledgeable, extremely sharp, and he thinks, I could do this myself. So he does it, and he ends up in a lawsuit. Hmm. What happened? Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now we're talking about mm-hmm. lawsuit issues and going to court and lawyers and everything else. So he said to me the other day, "Go, Steve, you showed me step number seven. And I didn't take your advice. Mm-hmm. It was the worst thing I've ever done. Because that product that I signed a deal with, went big. And I didn't know how to negotiate that licensing agreement, right? so the,
0: the agreement wasn't set up correctly no yeah so so he did he save
1: any money doing it himself no did it almost wreck his life yes he told me mm. he told me it, it, my whole world just went crashing around me because of it because i put i put my family in a bad situation i'm in a bad situation and everything just went bad because of one thing he he thought he was bypass he thought And here's a guy that really knows what he's doing, Andrew. Here's the difference. He wasn't new at this, right? And he still didn't take that bit of advice. One last thing I want to say too about about people at the very beginning. I forgot to mention this. and I don't want to forget, but people talk about, I'm just starting out. We work with people within our company, InventRight for 23 years, but we have people that have licensed 20 ideas that are still members. We have corporations That are huge that we help. Mm -hmm. Because you're never that far along. You you always keep learning. The deals change.
0: Yeah, there's always a you know, you you did a deal and now you get this other deal. It's like I've never experienced this situation. But we've got the volume because we've been doing this for 23 years, and we're like, oh, we've seen that before. Here's how you handle it. But you're you know, you could be doing this for two, three, four, five years, and you're still going to experience things you haven't experienced before. Here's the biggest problem, Stephen. why some people think they can handle it themselves. They're under the grand misperception that this big company will guide me. They know what they need. They know how to do a licensing deal. They're gonna tell me what to do and I will just react. You will kill almost every deal if you're not proactive and guiding the deal at least half. At least 50% is you guiding it, 50% is them guiding it. Sometimes you're half answering the question, redirecting you're doing a lot of that stuff and all the time I hear from our students Stephen our negotiation coach Paul will will give them advice and they're like I I wouldn't have done that at all but it worked out exactly Paul told me go over here I didn't think it would work and it did it because Paul's seen the pattern over and over again you get the vibe you see the emails you you hear what they said before and it's like oh okay based on those things we want to go this direction there's no way you guys could know that stuff without Having experienced it over and over and over again. And you did so much work to get there. Don't <laughs> mess it up at the end, you know?
1: Andrew, I was on an interview yesterday for a podcast, and it was all about negotiations. And it was wonderful because I never talked to someone, that's all they do is negotiations. And they were asking about how to do, do licensing agreements. And I first time I told them, I go you're negotiating way before you ever get an agreement. They kind of laugh. They go, well, people don't realize that. They say, "Uh, you know, I'll I'll need you when I get the deal. No, no, everything you're doing beforehand lets you get the deal. But also we talked about that first conversation you have with somebody and the questions you're asking that allows you to set up for the deal because it's a casual conversation and people are going to tell you more things at the very beginning than they will later. So." And it's all about soft skills, right? It's all about knowing what they want, asking the right questions to guide you to get to that deal. So how would you know how to do that if you haven't ever done that before? It's very specialized. It's very very specialized.
0: Part of what you said is really, really important for everybody to know that first call because you do want to you don't want to just go back and forth that first call is so critical and stephen was saying they'll share with you things they shouldn't be sharing with you early on then more they get a little guarded right and if you don't know that and you and they've already been kind of guarded you've already messed it up because you know and, and really we get people all the time like i'll call you guys when i get into a deal and we're like we never hear back from because they're not doing the right things to get into a new deal you know, it's like, anyway, it's like the, you, the, I, I always say, I'm really honest, and you are too, So You can do that, but I probably won't hear from you.
1: you well, know? It's like, the way say that, let's talk about that for just a minute, because we hear that all the time. Um, when, the, when I get the contract, I'm very close, I'm going to get it, I'll call you guys. We never get the call back. Because what happened was they thought the deal was coming and never showed up. Because they did something that derailed it.
0: Or, or no i'm just talking about like they're just starting to reach out and they think they're reaching out right but they're not so people need know
1: where they think it's coming in the deal's coming in and for some reason they can't go from interest to seeing a licensing agreement and that's what that one person was asking andrew how do you go from talking to somebody showing some interest to saying hey where's the licensing deal
0: <laughs> yeah I, you know, I, I, I'm noticing that it kind of cuts off the full question. So I'll try to uh, paraphrase the rest. This is a great one, Stephen. We do have some time left to answer this. Keith said, any guidance on actually getting through to human beings after several hundred phone call attempts, I can't seem to get through, um, the phone tree systems. I've been cold calling for 25 years. I think he also mentioned, I'm going to click hide for a second so I can read the rest. Um, He's Uh saying I've been cold calling for 25 years. I've tried LinkedIn messages, email, Hosting the company bullet points, it's tougher than I ever expected. And so, Steven, we've had people that are professional salespeople that have said this to us, and I go, Great, you're not afraid of getting in, but licensing's different. And I've had people that are professional salespeople become students, and they're like, Andrew, you're you're right. It
1: was very different. Yeah, let me tell you what's happening here. And Andrew, you and I haven't had this conversation because this is happening to me lately. There's a project that I'm working on, I'm making the calls. I took a project on, I am calling companies, I can't get in. Because these companies don't have phones anymore. All right, they have a phone system, but they're not going to answer it, right? They have a phone system, and they're going to send you into service at you know, info. And app. that's
0: not that's not all companies. But in the ones it's you use more, more and
1: more and more it's and more, more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In some industries, that's all it is but it's becoming more and more not all of them. But what I'm seeing is they're trying to navigate that, that that influx of people and servicing people a certain way. But the point is, you can't get in. So you have to get in a, def- a different way. Mm-hmm. So Keith, I want to see if I can help you with this, because I'm going through the same thing you are. And, and Andrew, and I have seen this change over time. I mean, we've been doing this for so long, there, there wasn't even LinkedIn. Yeah, the- we
0: we're, were, we were I have said this many times before, we used to guide people, which back in the day, to mail their sell sheets. And the question is, should I send it regular mail or should I send it FedEx? And then, like I said before, people would say, hey, can I send a fax? And I'm like, yeah, it's black and white. That's how long we've been doing this. Okay. Um, but but and that's why we've changed, too. I mean, that's why we're promoting LinkedIn and we're promoting email. And you can still get a hold of people on the phone, but it's getting harder and harder.
1: Yeah. So this is what I did, Keith, just so you know. So I, I called the corporate number, mm-hmm. I get someone on their customer service, and they're like, no, you, mm-hmm. no there's no phone. <laughs> because they're like, what, no phone? No, you got to go through here. <clears throat> All right, so I realized, uh, so I find their regional fulfillment center. I'm going to call the regional fulfillment center in my town. No phone again. I didn't even have people's names because I get them off of LinkedIn. I got their name. I'm waiting for an operator so I can give them a name or some directory I can type it in. Still doesn't work. So I'm realizing, holy shit! So you start to connect on LinkedIn, and <clears throat> I'm not quite sure exactly the right person. So I just start connecting, and sure enough, someone connected. And I said, "Hey, do you have a few minutes?" And the person said, "Yeah." And I spoke to him last night. It's I'm sitting on the couch, at nine thirty at night, and this guy <laughs> says, I'll "Talk to you now." Now. Typically, if you're, if you're kind of resting, you say, let's do it tomorrow. But Keith, since I couldn't get in, I took that call at 930. Cause I'm like, I got somebody. I got in and I asked him a couple of questions. He kind of giggled a little bit cause he wasn't the right guy, but I figured he might know the right guy. Mm-hmm. And it just happened that he did not know the right guy, but he gave me some really good information of how to track it now. So I got mm. a little piece. Right, And that little thread allows me maybe to go someplace else. So the point is this, all depends on the industry, right? I don't care how you get in. I don't don't care if your phone call, email, LinkedIn, you're gonna get in somehow. And we we help with that with the right scripts. But I do know this, on LinkedIn, if you can write, even when you connect somebody, you wanna make a call or whatever, they're always gonna ask, what is it about? That's That's fair. But if you can put your connection, a little message, very short, why it's important to talk, what the topic is, and really line up your topic and your want to line up with that person a little bit, they're gonna, they're gonna connect faster, right? So that's what we've observed. But keep it's hard out, it's hard, but you can do it. In fact, we teach a class twice a month, it's called Smart, Smart Pitch with Benjamin Harrison. And his success rate, he's told me now, is about 70% of getting into everybody.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I mean, and to give you some perspective, yeah. if if you're a if you're a member of ours and you're talking to your coach and you're not upset that you can't get into certain companies, you're not doing the work because you will not get into every company on your first try. We get people on Smart Pitch all the time, they say, oh, I reached out to 15 companies crickets and then they come back like the next week or two weeks later. And they're like, oh, I got to know a bunch using your techniques. So it's it's a lot of hit and miss and you're trying phone, you're trying email, you're trying LinkedIn and you're, and you're trying it different ways. Um, but if you're not frustrated with getting in, you're <laughs> being lazy, you're not doing the work because you should be frustrated with getting in with some people. And that's an indicator that you're doing the work and it's OK. It's part of the game. And then you start to get used to the game. I, I'm going to call it a game because it kind of if you look at it as a game. I
1: think Steven does. Um, well, I, I, I was telling someone the other day they were having a hard time. And I said, hey, I feel your pain because I'm having a hard time, too. They're like, what do you mean? You have a hard time, too? Yes. They don't know who I am. They don't care who, anything. All they care about, mm-hmm. hey, you know, why are you bothering me? And what do you have? So. You guys, this is real this this thing that you're doing takes courage. The thing that you're doing is is not for everybody. The thing that you're doing is amazing, right? so but it is it is a little bit um, without having a type of guidance through it, I think you're going to go out of your mind. That's what I think I think you're going to quit. You can throw up your hands and go, hey, this is not going to work for me. But Andrew, we got a question about how much money to make. Can we answer that? For yeah, me? yeah, sure, sure. I, 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 love, getting yeah, I, I love getting these questions. I love getting these questions. I've
0: got a meeting with a student in a couple minutes here, but go ahead.
1: Um, what type of income can you expect from licensing? And what can you expect as far as a royalty percent per industry categories, toys, constructions, et cetera? You guys, when I get questions about how much money you're going to make, now, that tells me two things. Number one, that's a fair question, right? But if you're really looking at this from just purely how much work and how much am I going to make, I don't know if that's a perfect fit, right? Because I agree.
0: Explain I, I, why, because I agree. I got my own reasons, but you probably have exactly yeah, the same I,
1: I think you're looking at it the wrong way. I I think that people that are creative and want to share their creativity, they're going to do it regardless. They do it because of the love. They do it because of all these other reasons. They want to share with other people. So those people aren't chasing dollars. Yeah. I hear people that are really concerned about how much time and what is my return.
0: To me, I I just historically, guys, when we see that, it's a red flag. And it's a total cliche. You've heard me say this before, Stephen. You do what you love, the money will come. And that's what we found is true about inventors. So it's totally okay to go, I wanna make money with this. And you know, one invention, you're making 15,000 royalties a year, another one you're making 150 or 200,000 a year. It can really depend on the product and what they do with it and how successful it is in the industry you're in. And there's nothing wrong, Stephen, with going, hey, I, I do wanna focus on just projects that could make 200,000 a year and not a project that's only <laughs> gonna make me 15 or 20. Nothing wrong with that. but if your only motivation is money, which I think is what Steven's trying to say, if you're not doing it you love, the money probably won't come and you probably I, won't be patient. You probably won't keep doing it. And yeah. I, I believe that to my core and we've observed that over 23 years, Steven. So if you don't have that component and we're not saying Raul that you don't because you're just asking a good question, um, but you have to have that component. You have to be passionate about
1: your ideas. I I think, I think for people that want to see a return with how, I think they create how much work in the return. I, I think those people are going to be a little, um, I, I think they're going to be a little frustrated and they'll probably quit. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. But here's the catch here. I'm going to answer your questions. Royalty rates are pretty standard across the board. They could be a little bit up and down, but it doesn't matter. They're usually about 5% off the wholesale price. If there's big volumes, big consumables, It might be lower, but I don't really care about the royalty. I want to know how much distribution they have. And you can figure out the numbers, any industry, how many products they're going to sell per week and how many stores are they in. Just do the math. Okay. But Andrew's right. If you pick an industry, if you're really smart, you might say, Steve, let me tell you an industry you don't want to be in. Okay. I don't want to be in the novelty gift industry selling for Valentine's. Well, (laughs) because you did it. Yeah, I did. And why, why did you didn't, to get tired of that? Well, they're only going to sell X amount because they don't want to have extra inventory. Mm-hmm. And it's seasonal. So you have a 30-day sales cycle. So I don't want to be in that industry, right? I, I, I think it was fun for me because I was learning and seeing it on the shelf, great. But long-term, sure. terrible. If I have a, a novelty gift that sells every day, like for birthdays, brilliant. Okay. so. That would be a warning. If you want to be in an industry that's just really difficult, like tech, tech is a hard industry, right? And you might go, well, I'm going to tell you, that's a hard industry, big players, moves really fast, IP, uh, okay. But if you want to be in the kitchen, the pet or the DRTV or fit, all these other industries, absolutely, they love us. So I I think you have to be careful. But when someone really puts the dollar amount on this, I kind of go, oh, uh, it's a red flag for me
0: yeah yeah we've uh definitely definitely all right stephen um i gotta jump off uh you got a meeting and i got a meeting with one of our members so i want to remind everybody to take care keep inventing we love talking to you guys um and you know like stephen said maybe we're not always saying what you want to hear but we're telling what you need to hear we're we're being very honest and transparent and that's just gonna help you do better you know that's who we are we're so uh if you like that great come on back um if you don't that's okay too that's all right too you know all right take care everybody keep inventing
1: thanks everybody